Welcome to Lifeology. I am James Miller, your host and a licensed psychotherapist. I'm looking forward to spending this time with you as we learn some pretty amazing life lessons. Let's get started. Thank you so much for taking time out of your busy schedule to listen to this show. When you're done listening, I hope you take a minute and write a quick review on whichever radio or podcast platform you've heard this show. Your insights will help others to be inspired and encouraged. I have a great show for you today. I'll help you define what success means to you. I'll also be interviewing Dr. David Phelps, who found himself in a very difficult situation when looking at his 12-year-old daughter as she was about to be wheeled into the operating room for a liver transplant. Like many of you, he had a very successful career, but because of this, he wouldn't be able to give her the care she needed to recover. So he made a very tough decision. In today's episode, he reviews his book, What's Your Next? The Blueprint for Creating Your Freedom Lifestyle. This book is a call to action for those of you who are ready to begin planning for what's next, whatever stage of your career or life you're in. For more information about Dr. Phelps, please visit findyournext.com. You may also purchase his book on Amazon or in the show notes of this particular episode at jamesmillerlifeology.com. Thank you so much for listening to Lifeology. I would love to connect with you. Be sure to follow me on all social media platforms under the name James Miller Lifeology, except for Twitter, which is James M Lifeology. I am also very active on Instagram and create many videos with quick tips and tools that you can immediately implement. Be sure to say hello and follow me there. Defining success. If you were to ask a 12-year-old girl what success means to her, her definition may be different than a 35-year-old man who's married with two kids. It's important to realize that success is going to be different for each person. So if you're telling someone what you're going to do or how you think you'll be successful, they may have a different idea of what that may look like for them. For many of us, we define success by our financial stability, which is great. However, if that financial security comes at a cost of not being able to spend time with your family, then are you successful then in all of your life or are you successful in your family life? When you can break your life down into as many components as possible, it helps you realize where you may be lacking in some areas or where you may be overcompensating in other areas as well. One question that I typically ask people is, how much money is enough? And of course, we can all think, oh my gosh, I can never have enough money. But remember, if it does come at a cost, of not being able to spend time with your family or even engaging in the hobbies you'd like to engage in, is that truly what success means? My point in saying that is this. Sometimes we can become so focused on one particular metric of success or one particular version of success that we often miss out on other areas of our life. The way I look at success is a quality of life, meaning I can create the lifestyle I want and I can live life on my terms. So when you look at your life, what are the things that are important to you? So what I would have you do, and I've spoken about this before, is create the graph of fulfillment. And I look at fulfillment as being successful. So in this graph, on the horizontal line, you will break down your life into as many components as possible. For example, your friends, your family, your employment, your spirituality, your health and wellness, your finances, your hobbies, as many categories as possible. And then on the vertical line, you'll create tick marks between one and 10. And then you review your life for the past six months. And in those six months, how would you rate each of those categories of your life? And when you can rate them, that gives you a really good snapshot of where you're currently being successful and where perhaps you're struggling. So when you look at this, it then allows you to say, if my life was truly to be successful, where would those numbers need to be? Would they all need to be higher? Would they all need to be rebalanced? 
And that's the great thing about this is you get to define what success means specifically for you. I bet if you were to do that a few years from now, that would probably change. Your version of what success means to you would look different. So even today, it's very easy to get off track and to be distracted by flashy things. And sometimes those flashy things deter us from the things that truly matter. And what truly matters are those things that create success for you. Today's episode is simple. Really looking at why you do what you do and does it fulfill you. And if it does, that's part of success. And if it deters you from other things, then maybe you're doing too much of that. For example, and this may be a little controversial, if you're in an employment position right now, which you're making a lot of money, but at the cost of your health, at the cost of your family, do you really need that much money? So looking at how to balance multiple things in your life allows you to once again create that quality of life. And then as you feel more balanced, then all of a sudden additional opportunities open up for you because once again, your priorities have shifted and the more you're conscious of your priorities shifting, the more you can be more focused on what specifically matters for you. And that is success. I have a fantastic interview today with Dr. David Phelps. He did just that. He gave up his practice and started something completely new. His story will inspire you and also motivate you to redefine what success means to you. So stay tuned. If you're anything like me, you love to read. Lifeology and Audible.com have partnered to offer you an incredible opportunity. Audible is offering you one free book download with a free 30-day trial. This is perfect for those of you who love to read but often don't have time to enjoy your favorite pastime. Go to jamesmillerlifeology.com forward slash audible to start your free trial. They have over 180,000 books from all genres, so I'm pretty confident your favorite author's books will be there. Go to jamesmillerlifeology.com forward slash audible and start listening to your favorite book today. Once again, go to jamesmillerlifeology.com forward slash audible to get started today. My guest today is Dr. David Phelps, who found himself in a very difficult situation when looking at his 12-year-old daughter as she was about to be wheeled into the operating room for a liver transplant. Like many of you, he had a very successful career, but because of that, he wouldn't be able to give her the care she needed to recover. He made a very tough decision. In today's episode, he reviews his book, What's Your Next? The Blueprint for Creating Your Freedom Lifestyle. This book is a call to action for those of you who are ready to begin planning for what's next in whatever stage of your career or life you're at. Welcome to my show, Dr. Phelps. James, it's a pleasure to be here. Thank you for having me. I am really looking forward to this. I don't know if you know really much about my backstory, but I made a very tough decision myself. And in 2012, I left a very successful practice and moved down to West Palm Beach, Florida, where I started Lifeology, and it's kind of taken off on its own. So we have a lot of connections there that I don't really think that you knew about. Well, actually, I did. I did oh. some research. I read it, and I thought, you know what? I should be interviewing you for my book. But, but we'll play it this way today, and then maybe I'll have you back on my show. So you're right. There, there was a lot of commonality here. So there was. I'm right, right with you. Oh, it's wonderful. Now, I, I know my, my listeners are going to say, what happened with your 12-year-old daughter? So I can't even imagine being in a situation like that. Yeah, Je- Jenna uh, is my only daughter, my only child. And uh, subsequent, uh, previous to her, her liver situation, is uh, she is a leukemia survivor and also have had epileptic seizures all before the age of 12. Oh my goodness. So we'd already fought some battles with her. She fought battles. Uh, we fought some battles. Um, and at age 12, she was vomiting blood, uh, which mm. turned into a diagnosis of end stage liver failure. And as most people realize that with a uh, liver that's going bad, there is no dialysis. There's really no time. Uh, they can medically do some things to you know try to prolong, but you, you've got to have a transplant. Yeah. And so there's a scoring system that the medical groups use, uh, and she was fortunate 
to be on the list and have a transplant within three months of her diagnosis. Oh, so that wow. was a blessing, a blessing certainly for the family that donated the organs of their child that yes. they lost. Oh, so I, I want to make a, 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 a big a big thank you for people that are organ uh, donors. But yeah, the the thing that that really hit me was when I was it was it, it certainly was 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 hard to to see her being wheeled into the the surgical suite mm, uh, can imagine. undergoes but but it was really James the time that afterward that she was recovering where me David Phelps the guy who's always been doing 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 mm-hmm. driving 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 uh trying to be a financial um you know stalwart for the family and provide provide but but I, I had time to think I had time to reflect mm-hmm. and think well what you know what have I been doing all this life is what I'm doing is that really the goals that were on my my plate when I first started this, you know, journey into adulthood and family and career and practice and all those things. And and it's during that time when I was watching Jenna just breathe in the hospital, you know, just recovering that I I made that decision. Not easy, mm-hmm. not easy, but I made the decision to to flip the switch and say, you know what, I am not going to stay in practice because that was constraining me, constraining my freedom. And my freedom at that point, I wanted to be with my daughter because I'd been given so many chances and I thought I can't let another one go by. Yeah. Wow. Wow. It's, it's a very, very powerful story. When you think about that, you know, there's the front end and the back end of that. So the front end, front end of that is you want to spend time with her, but then how would that affect you, the long-term aspect of your income versus you continue doing what you're doing in the long term, you're going to continue to make that money, but the short term, you're not going to be able to spend time with her. How did you weigh out those two balances or those two decisions? Yeah, that is the the dichotomy. Well, a mm-hmm. uh, little bit backstory. I because I'm a big doer, I do a lot of things simultaneously. Mm-hmm. I was I also got involved in in my own personal investing in real estate mm-hmm. when I was Smart. actually in school. So I kind of had this thing working in tandem. Mm-hmm. Now I was not magnanimously wealthy at the time that Jen was going through that transplant, but what I had to calculate was did I have enough? Mm-hmm. Did I have enough to make the switch? And it didn't mean I couldn't go back to work and still have active income. I could do that. But I, I had to make the decision, am I going to sell this practice, this baby that I had grown from scratch and, and had for over 20 years? That's hard. That's tough to walk away yeah. from that, to sell, walk away. You've got patience of long, long term that you've, you know, you, you went through the same situation. Mm-hmm. You, you, you have people that have depended upon you. You have relationships with your uh, your community, uh, your staff, people that have yeah. been with you. You've got well, I'm gonna I'm gonna depart from all that, you know, and it's kind of like, well, who am I then? Who yeah. am I? Yeah, Even though I had a, a focus point. on my daughter, it's like, yeah, but who am I gonna be now? How did you quantify enough? Because you said, did did I have enough? How do you measure that word? Yeah, that's that's the conundrum that a lot of people go through mm-hmm. that are trying to figure out: can I transition? Can I make a change? Can mm-hmm. I leave career? Can I can I quote retire? Which I don't even like that word, sure. but whatever yeah. it is. And and so we quantify that today by what's the what's the passive cash flow that your investments, whatever they may be, are producing on a regular basis. Uh, I found that real estate is the way to do that. And I wrote mm. some pieces in the book about that. It's not a book about real estate, but it's about about determining what your number is so that you can maybe let your foot off the gas pedal or give you mm-hmm. the the room to actually iterate and figure out what could I do if I wasn't doing this? What might I do that might be different in life? Yeah. When you, when you find, finally made a decision for yourself and you learned all these things, is that when you decided, I need to share this with the world? It was actually not quite that way. It was actually people asked me. Oh, okay, uh, not, good. Not, not, not tons of people because I, I, you know, I didn't promote my life out to sure, the world and, and let them know what was happening. I didn't do a Facebook Live every day at the <laughs> hospital. Well, I don't think we were on Facebook back then. But the point is, I had, I had certain colleagues that knew me well and when they found out that Jenna was, was had survived. Number one, that was the blessing. Number two, that I sold the practice. It was it was not you know why did you do it, but you know how did you do it? You mm-hmm. know to your point. You know how did you have enough? How could you leave your active income at a relatively early age? And so I let people know that I had done this tandem you know career in in dentistry and real estate. And so they asked me 
well, could you show me how? Now, this is a handful of people, James. This isn't like a crowd because sure. I had not promoted it. So I, so I said, well, sure, I, I'm glad to, to, to tell you, uh, show you what I did, but probably easier if you just piggyback and maybe you just you know invest some capital with me on some of the, the deal flow that I had in my own personal life. And so that's what I did with the first handful. And then it started to grow. And oh, that's so, amazing. So it was very organic. Yeah. Uh, nothing, nothing was contrived. Nothing was was put forth. But it, it, the the space, the vacuum that I, I created in my life, uh, focusing on Jennifer, but also more space. It allowed me to to start to iterate and figure out what's next, and I just let it happen. I oh, just let perfect. it. I didn't. I didn't force it. That's great. And what I really like about your book and what's your next is it really helps not only people my age, maybe people older than me, but just even the the younger people, the younger generation who are starting a career. How can they be mindful of these things? So I'm so glad that your book really focuses on all population ages and can really help them. Where, like we said at the beginning, wherever they are in their career, if they're starting a career, mid career, end of their career, what are they going to do next? Well, there's, there's so many constructs, you know, James, in, in the world, so the way society defines how we're supposed to mm-hmm. live our lives and, and go to school and get the grades and then find a career path and focus on that career path. And I'm not saying that that's, that's wrong, but I want young people to understand that there are multiple paths yes. and not to get, not to get chained into one path too early, not to, not to have that sunk cost fallacy that, that we put into things and say, well, there's no way I could ever change the course of my yes. life right now. No way I could do anything different than, than just get a job and pay off my school loan debt. I mean, I just don't want young people to get stuck uh, or stagnant in something that is not their purpose. We all have to sacrifice yeah. at, at a certain point, right? But I don't want to see people sacrificing long-term. That's what I don't want to see. I love that. What I really, you know, I've had some patients that I've talked to in the past and they're struggling with certain things. And I'll ask them, I said, so how much is your freedom? We'll use that word. How much is your freedom worth? I'm like, what do you mean? I said, well, for example, if you're in a relationship and you, you know you need to get out of it, but you're waiting for the lease to end. What's, how much is that? What, you know, how much does it cost to break a lease? Yes. And I'll say, well, it's $2,000. So you're telling me your freedom is worth $2,000. And so when you can really kind of think that through, for example, if someone's student loans is a certain amount, is your, li- is your, your, your version of success or your quality of life, is it worth this amount of money? Now, I'm not trivializing that because it's very, money is money and it can be very lot, it's a lot for a lot of people. But the difference is, is when you can really put together your perception of what wellness or health feels like in conjunction with a number, then it starts to remove that, uh, that feeling of, I can't do this. And then you're like, well, wait a minute, if it's only this amount, and once again, not trivializing, but like, okay, well, maybe I can do that. And then that starts to have the wheel spin of, well, then what would that look like if I could? And that's how people start to kind of formulate their dream, at least with the people I've worked with. So I'm glad that yours is a literal blueprint of how people can really do this. Look, we're, we're always making trades in life. I mean, and, and too many times I think people, and I did, I did this early on, I was trading what I thought was perceived security mm-hmm. for freedom. Yeah, and, and and so I think we we have to be very cognizant and have clarity about to what you said is what are we trading? Mm-hmm. What do we, what do we think we're trading for? And is are we making bad trades? Mm-hmm. And I and that's really the the point of the book is to really look hard at what you're what you may be giving up just because you have a false sense of what security may mean. Yeah, in your book you talk about inflection inflection points. Can you tell me more about that? So inflection points would be would be uh, times in your life uh, events. Uh, it could be uh, changing the dynamics of your current career path, your business model. Uh, but inflection points are where you can you can take the assets you have, and I, I consider assets being yourself, mm-hmm. uh, your your capital, your business or career, uh, your relationship capital, uh, certainly, mm-hmm. and 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 how you can utilize all those in a mutually beneficial way to magnify opportunities. 
Uh, and I think you, to get clarity on what those inflection points are, you can't do that by yourself. You really need to be surrounded by a group of people that can help you get clarity because, you know, we get in the weeds of our own lives. Sure you know that. We, I mean, we, we, our lives are our lives. It's our perception. And we can only see certain things. There's blind spots we have. And to have other people weigh in and, 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 and help us get clarity about, well, I'm making this decision. Well, okay, fine, David. But what if you look at it this way? Huh, never, never thought about it. Never saw it mm -hmm. that way. Well, that's those are potential inflection points. It's it's the willingness to get out of our comfort zone to try some new things, not not unmitigated with unmitigated risk, but some opportunities to to take some some chances uh, out, out of that comfort zone, which is really what moves the needle in life. You know, here and hearing you say that, I can I guess I'm kind of looking at my own life. I'm like thinking, well, if I did have certain people say things to me, how how would I feel? In other words, would I feel defensive? To think, well, I have to do it this way. Because once again, you said we get in our own head. But to have someone else look at it and to give you ideas, I'm sure that there would be a sense of defensiveness as the person listening would be like, well, no, I've done it this way for so long. And that, that difficulty of really changing one's paradigm and saying, well, perhaps you're right. So I think in all aspects of that change, there's going to be a struggle to move to what we know to the unknown with, it, with that fear of, well, what if this doesn't work? And then it's who am I? Kind of like what you said earlier. Yeah, it is so easy to be defensive because we we want to think we're right. We want to think the hard work we've done, the the vigilance we've had towards a certain goal, a certain pathway has been the right one. Yeah. And and to have anybody not in a not in a harmful way, but to to question it, it's a little bit hard. You know, with with a peer group because we have ego, we have mm -hmm. pride, right? That we don't want to let go. But but I think it's, it's being around people where where we we all look at it the same way. It's like we're all here to help. And yeah. so drop the ego, drop the pride. And just receive, receive yeah. without without judgment what people are asking or telling, you, and then come back on the backside and evaluate what you've been what what you've been given uh, mm -hmm. from those people. I think we have to do it that way. And kind of, you know, I'm reflecting as well. You know, piggybacking off what you're saying is with the whole ego aspect is when you can really define who you are as a person. You know, but in what we do is what we do. It's not who we are. And I think sometimes we do put so much energy into the the prestige for example, or the finances or whatever it may be and say, that's my label or that's who I am. So to really pull that back and to say, I'm whatever or whoever I want to be, that, I think that's where freedom really comes from. Well, it's, it's a big, big deal. And I, I work with uh, a lot of, a lot of professionals, my colleagues that are, you know, looking towards the, the, the end game for themselves in terms of active income. Mm -hmm. And the big problem for them is, yeah, but if I, if I'm not doing this thing I've been doing, the hat I've been wearing, what people call me, my initials behind my name or then who am I? And, and it's it's a scary thing. It's it's scary, and I think that's why I don't want anybody to to put too much of a handle on what they do, as you said. But it's like who you are, and what other skill sets do you have? What other uh, what other what other uh, benefits can, do you do, do you offer? Not even in trading time for dollars, but what else can you be developing along the way? I think it's very important to do things simultaneously and not sequentially in life because if you wait you wait you mm -hmm. wait you wait y your pathway is going to be very very linear and i don't think that's a good way to look at life yeah going back to the book itself is this more of a workbook or how, how would you really define it not so not so much a workbook there are, there are a lot of uh, constructs and frameworks in the book uh it's a guide uh, -huh. uh because everybody's life is unique sure. uh, so it's it's not so the blueprint is not you know cookie cutter mm -hmm. but but i put frameworks and and as Questions that people will ask themselves of clarity, and then some guides to start developing their their blueprint, and then a, a lot of a lot of stories that that I think people can relate to. Uh, I find that the, through other people's stories, their version of life, 
is what I really, really relate to more than anything. And so adding stories to, to constructs and frameworks really, I think, it builds this book and makes it a, a really great guidebook for people to start asking the questions that I think they, they want to ask themselves, but maybe have been afraid to up to this point. Yeah. You know, the more I hear you talk about this, what happens if some people listening right now will say, well, Dr. Phelps, I don't have that much income or I don't have any passive income opportunities, et cetera. How would you help them kind of reframe that so they can look at, look at I guess, their options? Well, yeah, I, I think I think it's it's not all about the money, as mm -hmm. you said earlier. My money is important, and we have to pay the bills. We have to provide for our families, and whatever that that means is. But if 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 the whole driver is towards is towards finance, mm -hmm. then we miss out the the other opportunities. I, I use uh, five freedom uh, framework, a pyramid, a little bit like Maslow's hierarchy, mm -hmm. and I and the base of that is financial freedom. Mm -hmm. Now you don't have to get to financial freedom, which is replacement of your active income by passive investments. You don't have to get there to enjoy the other freedoms, which sure. are time, relationships, yeah. health, it's and then, you know, purpose, meaning. Yeah, you don't have to get there, but but if you have you if you have a a pathway that is, you can see the milestones, you can measure it. The problem with most of the traditional financial planning is, it's it's like, well, you just accumulate. You put money in the 401k, the IRAs, you you stack it up and, and hopefully someday you have enough. What? How much is enough? It needs to be, be needs to be defined by a cash flow basis and, you know, little hint, hint. That's why I always like real estate because I relate to that. You can do it in other ways. I'm not telling sure. people you have to do it that way. But I think, I think the focus on just the passive income is going to be a constraint to people enjoying their full life. So so I, so I've got some things in the book that will help people. You don't have to be rich, you don't have to but but you need to have a a plan that allows you to to own assets which can be certain kinds of investments that will start working for you instead of you always working for your money. Mm, I like that. It really puts you in the driver's seat. Yes. Well, you know, I th hearing that, because I know some people are many different paths in life and all, all wonderful paths. Uh, some people have make a lot more, a lot, lot of income. Some people have don't make as much income. But I think with that, it's as well, it really connects all of us because we all can find some way to make some sort of passive income, regardless of if it's a huge amount of money or not that amount of money, not that much amount of money. It will eventually create a life of its own. Yeah, there, there's all there's all kinds of ways to to create um, other income streams. And, uh, you know, I talk to young people. Um, quite often that are that you know very young in life in you know in their 20s in their 30s and they're 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 very anti-traditional uh and mm -hmm. you know and that doesn't mean they didn't go to school they sure, can have yeah. degrees yeah right but 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 they're they 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 they've taken some risk as entrepreneurs and and I love that uh, mm -hmm. that they, that they're willing to try some things uh, because I think once you you do that and even if you you know you quote fail or you test something that doesn't work out maybe it's a better way to put it James is is is, is you learn it's okay it's yeah. okay to try things and not everything work out because that's how you learn that's how you how you how you have a a chance to try out things outside the box you know using that cliche which is what life really is about today I don't think you can ever you can you can never look at at life as being you know that that one direction that you're going to live for 30 years it's life's changing too fast the economy the, the landscape is just moving at light speed today, and you've got to be flexible and adaptable. Sure, uh, no matter what your skill sets, what your upbringing or your education has been, you've got to maintain flexibility going forward. I couldn't agree with you more. Uh, one last question I want to ask you before we wrap up. I, I, the time literally flew by. You know, people hear you on the other side of you know the, the success you were able to generate when you made this decision. What would be the, what was the biggest pitfall you experienced after you made this decision? 
biggest pitfall was I went to sell my practice when I made that decision. And uh, the first time I sold the practice, I failed. So I just mm. talked about failure. I failed. Mm. I failed miserably. I was very motivated to sell it. I, I sold the practice. I carried back the financing because I had a doctor who wanted it, but he didn't have the credit. So I said, I'll take a chance. Now, it still worked out. It still worked out. So my point is, I picked myself back up. I I, I changed the model sure. uh, and and went forward. But that was the my, my, my first big misstep after I made the decision. I'm selling the practice. It didn't quite work out mm. as I planned. Well, that's that's an interesting thing is because it kind of goes back to the initial aspect of our life is we have a plan and usually a plan doesn't always work out. So it's the same concept. You wanted to sell your practice. It didn't work out the way you thought. So sometimes we still bring in the same methodology that we did the first time and not realizing that we need to tweak it. So once we do have that epiphany and that awareness, then we tweak the, the methodology or the method and then we find the success. Exactly. I love it. Dr. Phelps, it was such a pleasure having you on my show today. If my listeners want to find out more information about you and to purchase your awesome book, What's Your Next? The Blueprint for Creating Your Freedom Lifestyle, where would they find this information online? You can go to findyournext.com or go to Amazon. Uh, it's re- available for pre-order right now. Awesome. Well, my listeners also know that if they can't find this information any other place, simply go to the show notes at jamesmillerlifeology.com and I will point you directly to Dr. Phelps' website. Have a wonderful day, Dr. Phelps. It's such a pleasure talking to you. Thank you, James. I also want to thank you, my listener, for tuning in today. Please subscribe to this radio show through whichever portal you join me today. Also, please go to my website where you may sign up for the free weekly recap, watch my YouTube episodes, read the articles I've written specifically for you, and purchase my previous guests' self-help products. If you'd like to work with me, be a guest on or advertise on this show, visit jamesmillerlifeology.com. Be sure to follow me on all social media platforms under the name James Miller Lifeology, except for Twitter, which is James M. Lifeology. Once again, thank you so much for your support, and I'll talk to you soon.